Welcome to Buy the Books, the podcast helping business owners navigate the complex world of business, tax, and bookkeeping. Now, to the owner and president of Secline, Lindsay Klein. Thanks for joining us, everyone. This is Lindsay Klein with Secline, honest, accurate bookkeeping performed on time, and your host of Buy the Books. I'm here again with Benjamin Gerald, who is the principal and co-founder of Audible FG, an advisor, a coach, an author, and public speaker. Thank you for joining me again today. No, thank you for having me. We had a great conversation last time. Yes. I'm glad we're doing this again. No, I'm excited. Actually, probably one of the best times I've had. Is, really? Yeah, absolutely. Wow. And the reason why is because you, you give a lot of good positive energy. It's enjoyable to be able to have candid conversations Yes. that I think folks can really take something away from. I, I think the the history of your podcast being able to provide you know, you've got folks coming from different facets of life, different advisors coming in that for, I think there are a lot of folks that actually take value from what's said because maybe that's a perspective they hadn't heard um, or uh, kind of what we referenced in the previous, you don't know what you don't know, or your advisors don't know what your advisors don't know. The, the folks, whether it's attorneys or CPAs or bookkeepers or, or your financial advisor, whoever it is, they might not necessarily have all the perspective. And you provide a lot of advice that I think is probing questions for folks to ask themselves. So, Thank you. I appreciate that. And I think that you and I have good, like, chemistry, if you yeah, will. Like, yeah. we can play off each other pretty well. So, yeah, I, I'm glad that you're here, that we can actually, like, dive into these Are you saying some topics? people you don't have positive oh chemistry? Oh, my gosh, Benjamin. <laughs> I try really hard. But some people, it's really difficult. And a lot of people over-prepare. I told you this. Like, some people come in with books of notes. Wait, so I'm not supposed to be reading my screen right now? No. Oh. No, you're not. I and I, I start getting idea. Like, I... <laughs> I div- I don't get nervous. I just jump into it and wing it. Yeah, like you know that about me. But um, some people come in with just pages and pages of notes, and then I start getting a little nervous because I'm thinking, I don't have the time to get through the nervousness that I already am feeling from this person who yeah. has way over prepared, right? And especially if it's somebody that's extremely nervous about making sure they get all their bullet points in then i'm like this is this is just not going to end well for our oh, listeners I, <laughs> I, I haven't watched all of the podcasts so i think i might have missed a couple of these uh more tenuous i do ones, my best to try to like you can only work with the clay that you're given so there's one in particular i'm thinking of that of course comes in with all the notes and i'm I'm like oh boy here we go right so i'm trying to throw some curveballs in there right like let's derail this off the bullet points for a little while and talk about something that's completely unrelated and just fun maybe slightly related but just break up the monotony of the bullet points right well our last podcast was so narrow focused we didn't have any derailments Topics. Derailment is good. Okay, like let's. I'm just kidding. We had a lot of derailment. We had a lot of. I think fun. we almost had to figure out, like, wait, what were what was what the main we're talking topic? about? What yeah, was the main topic. No, you're right. So whenever I do that, though, oftentimes with these guests, it's like they're so linear focused. Like I'll throw in the story or whatever it is, and instead of running with it, they're just back to the bullet point. Right? It's like I didn't say anything at all. That 
it's very difficult for me to like keep the energy and the engagement up to let's face it these topics we talk about they're dry right i get that and so the challenge is how do we take dry topics and make them interesting i think you're right um but i would just want to get back to this bullet point I hate you. Anyway, what are we talking about today? Today's topic. Uh, you know, I'll, in today's environment, I think there's a lot of questions about this specific topic that um, uh, folks have don't even know where to start with. Uh, I, I think how you attract and retain top talent is probably one of the number one questions I get from businesses. That really? Me. Yeah. Is it? Yeah, absolutely. It's the fact that they... Uh, it's so competitive in today's environment uh, with top talent. Of course, unemployment right now is uh, it's got some fairly low numbers. Uh, that quality talent itself is comes at a premium. And how do you keep the existing talent that you have when demand is high but supply is low? How do you keep that top talent from going uh, other places? Uh, I think COVID has actually exacerbated it as well. Yeah, no, I could see that. Um, and everyone's having a hard time finding good employees right now. Good employees. And, and it, it, you look and, and in the headlines, you hear about the great resignation, folks mm-hmm. leaving to go find their passion of what they want to do. And uh, what that really means is it's not the bad people that are going to find their passion. It's the best people are usually leaving and going, I think I want to do more than what I have. Mm. And the challenge is how do you harness that in a positive way for your job, for your business, in a way that you're able to support, encourage, empower that talent instead of losing it. So attracting and retaining top talent is clearly to me one of the best topics to talk about. So even, I mean, you mentioned that the good talent is wanting to go next level. But right now in today's climate, which is very much an employee market, right? Even the ones that are not so good don't have to put up with anything because they can still go get a job the next day. Exactly. So they the slightest thing could upset them and they walk off the job. You right. see it all the time. Yeah. Teenagers. Do you have any teenagers? No, not yet. Okay. Thank God. So I I have teenagers and I'm I... I'm sorry in advance. Yeah. You know, well, you're going <laughs> to encounter it. You got kids. It's coming. Um I see in their friends group and with even my own that the slightest thing ticks them off. They leave. They leave. They walk out. No well, notice. I, I think that's also generational. This millennial okay. and post Gen Z. Right now, there's no ramifications because they just go next door oh, and absolutely. get a job on the spot. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? Like, there's no ramifications Supply right now to doing is low this. Low and demand is yes, high. Yes, exactly. So, what does an employer do? Yeah. No. That, see, now. There's a two different questions. One is how do you keep a stable workforce? Uh, not necessarily your top talent. How do you keep a stable workforce? That's probably a great topic. Uh, I would think there are solutions that you have to find ways to communicate the value of what those employees mean to you uh, and yes. mean to the business and recognizing them. Yes. There's uh, rewarding ways to just provide recognition of quality service, quality work. And that's more than employee of the month. Like, uh, you know, that everyone saw office space that doesn't always necessarily <laughs> generate a lot of positive yeah, feelings. Yeah, if you could just get me that yeah, report. Yeah, I forgot the quote. Um, TPM. Can you provide me the TPM reports? By Monday. Snapler. <laughs> yes. yeah, it's funny. But, you know, I think 
rewarding and finding ways that you value those employees. Uh, right now, a lot of times, um, em- employers are looking at different types of benefit plans that are auxiliary, that actually don't even relate to the traditional health insurance, uh, disability like, insurance. For what example? Uh, some do training. Uh, so they they provide additional work-life balance, personal coaching, fitness, health incentives, things that revolve around the employee's life, things that they care about, not things that they need. There's a big difference of things I need, health insurance, things I need, maybe childcare dependency. But things I want is I want to go become an entrepreneur. I want to be able to travel, explore the world. I want to um, be able to uh, enjoy coaching my kid's soccer team more. All these additional um, benefits, uh, there are a lot of programs out there that are catering to businesses just so the employees feel rewarded and the cost for them is pretty negligible for the company. And sometimes it's just bringing in a suite of other trusted advisor services, everything for their employees that might not cost anything to the employer. But anyway, it, it work life balance. I think you've got for those the at the end of the day, people will leave a job, but they won't leave what they think is family. Mm, that's good. So I think if folks in a regardless of their role in the company, if they feel that's a home for them, if they feel that's a family, something they belong to then it's more than just the job. Mm, I like that. So here's some things I've done. Tell me how I'm doing and anything else that I could be doing better here. Okay. Um, Now, I don't interact a lot with my employees. I mainly interact with my manager who manages the employees. So it's kind of gotten, I've gotten a little distant from most of them. So I'm still trying to figure out ways, especially in a remote environment, to keep that family, if you will. Well, and you also you don't want to usurp the I hate saying the chain manager. of command, right? But you don't want to alienate the manager that then the employees feel, oh, I'll just go straight to right. Lindsay. No, I get that. If they have an issue. I agree. Yeah. I don't want to do that. Um, so, but I I I think that appreciation goes a long way. So I try to do things like send them little notes once in right. a while in the mail, like handwritten, like I actually wrote it. Um, try to make sure when I'm emailing, which we email a lot, obviously, we're all remote, um, make sure I'm always ending it with, I appreciate you so much, right? right? Just constantly express that I see you and I appreciate what you're doing. Um, just the remote aspect even I've tried to set it up so that they have that work-life balance that you've talked about so they can set their own schedules right um my manager less so because she's more of the point person for the team and for the clients but she still's got flexibility um but by and large if they want to work two o'clock in the morning in their pajamas they can do that it's from home so here's the first thing is I think the good news is you've done intentional things that, you, that you've probably gotten feedback on that have been well-received, that are, you've incorporated uh, work practices yeah. that are uh, amenable, uh, amiable to your employees, right? Um, one of the things that could be challenging, because this is always a hard part, is how do you recognize what you're doing without it seeming very self-gratulating? Like, how do you recognize that you're intentionally doing these things? So one of the examples could be, 
Um, you can say, uh, we've done a survey of the employees and feedback, and this is what folks have enjoyed the most about working here. Hmm. Like okay. an infographic or something. And you're highlighting things that you've done that make it different or unique versus other is workplaces. Is that necessary? This is why is when you do that, you recognize why it's a special place to work there. You help remind them that they might not realize. The other thing is- But, okay, you, well, devil's wait, advocate. Yeah. Sorry. Go ahead. I just I was gonna <laughs> say, do you think that could be also a tool for recruiting great talent? What, putting that poll out there? No, not putting the poll out there, but when you recognize in a flyer, an infographic, you know, top five reasons why employees enjoy working Sure. At, at your bookkeeping service. Well, they might also then be able to share that with other folks to go, this is why you really should work here. And it attracts, again, remember, it's attracting and retaining top talent because the two go hand in hand. If you can bring up the reasons why folks enjoy working there the most, it'll also attract top talent to come there. But what was your question? Um, I, I don't know. Okay. Let me think. What was I going to say? Um... Oh, I remember now. So I was going to say, if it's a great place to work, do you need to remind them? I mean, people yeah. know if they're working at a great place. Well, here's the thing is, do you, do you take the time to ever sit back, kind of like we talked about in the last podcast, sit back and think about where you are, where you want to be, and how you're going to get there? So you- I'm just asking. Just, oh, yes. Do you? I don't think everyone does a lot of times. I think sometimes we get so caught up in the busyness of our lives. Mm -hmm. uh, we talked about franchisees and so easy to get disenfranchised yes. towards that because, yes. and then you get so caught up in this negative energy, okay. this negative side. I don't think sometimes it hurts to remind, you're right, if it's a great place to work, you should already know it, but sometimes it doesn't hurt to be reminded of the unique ways that does. I, I kind of give an example of a resume. When's the last time you wrote a resume? Read one? Wrote one. Oh, wrote, wrote your, one. Wrote your uh, own resume. Well, hopefully yeah. I will never have to again. Exactly. But I don't know. It's been a while. No, okay. But you said hopefully you never have to because you see the resume as a tool of I have to pitch myself for someone else to hire me, right? Well, that's not why I said that. I said that because I never want to be in W-2 employee the rest you, of you my never, life. You never want to work for someone else. Exactly. Right? Yes. Okay. I see a resume as a different form. Okay. Whenever I've sat down and done a resume, my own resume... Uh, I've been f challenged with how do I quantify in a certain amount of words the experience that I bring to the table, my background. And it's so easy for me living in my moment to go, oh, Lindsay, you didn't know I'm a speaker. Lindsay, you didn't know I'm an author. Lindsay, you didn't know all these things. But of course, I, it's just matter of fact to me because I've done it. But quantifying it gives new perspective. It's the same thing as journaling or doing a diary, writing stuff down, your thoughts, your feelings, your emotions, writing down your experiences. There's a profound psychological effect to doing that. So why wouldn't that be similar for the business to go, we're gonna recognize ways that we, now you gotta be very careful that it's not like you're always trying to just look how yeah, good we are, look how good we say, are. I feel like that could backfire. It could if you don't, you have to do it in a very poignant, effective way. But you could also then be highlighting ways that you really want to communicate to your employees how you care about them. And here's great news. If you list the top five reasons, 
and then you follow up with the employees. Hey, we just we were trying to capture all the top five reasons. Are these true or not true? What kind of feedback would you get? Would that be helpful feedback for you to either say, yes, affirmation, we did capture it, or for them to go, what are you talking about? <laughs> and like maybe it's an anonymous survey. There's a lot of ways, obviously. But like, would you agree with these five or which ones are we bad at? Like, It's almost like a test run that you, you created this infographic mm-hmm. and it's a way to engage the employees. Now I will tell you, whenever you ask the employees how they feel, that's a way that you show that you appreciate yeah, someone. you're right. right. It, yeah. No one will remember you, that, what's that saying? No one remembers you for what you say. No one will remember you for what you do. People remember remember you for how, how you made them feel. feel. Exactly. And if you ask them how they feel. Now, there's always, they call them sharks in a, in a company. You know, the Debbie Downers, the negative Nancys that always complain. You've got to look past some of these surveys, these outliers. But I would ask a lot of employers, how many times have you asked employees, do they like working here? Mm. And why do they like working here? Or, hey, we think these are the reasons why folks like working here because we want to attract other great people like you, but we want to know your opinion on okay, that. Okay, that's good. So. I'm having a team meeting tomorrow. Maybe I'll bring <laughs> it up. You know, I, I met a business, uh, it was about a year ago. Um, they provide uh, training for blue collar employees, for uh, rank and file, large corporations, the Coca-Colas, the the GEs, the, the uh, Nabiscos, the, the folks that have thousands, 10,000s workforce, but they provide financial literacy training for these folks. Hmm. They found that there's a huge chasm of no one provides just basic financial literacy That's training true. support for those individuals. Everyone, you'll meet the financial advisor goes, oh, I only work with folks that make 500,000 and above or net worth of this. No one helps the folks who you know are the lifeblood of, uh, of our society, the lifeblood of our economy of helping make good financial choices. Um, the reason why I bring them, to bring them up is they're a very fascinating company. And I had a chance to interview the CEO and talk with him. And he has very candid feedback and, and sessions with all of his employees. And he's probably very similar to you. He's probably got maybe 12, 13 employees. Some are W-2, some are 1099 contracting that do kind of his training and, and engage. But he, the one thing that was interesting was I did have a chance to interview a couple of his employees. And the resounding common thread was, we love working here because he cares about our opinion. We're able wow. to bring up anything we want. And we actually do believe that he believes in us. Wow. And it was interesting because you wouldn't think, uh, to me, it, it was a little bit of, well, does, shouldn't that always be the case? No, but also, it's not. I don't think I've ever seen that before. Hmm. Or that, and you, you look at a lot of these um, best places to work surveys that are put out and, and advertised. They always ask the feedback of the employees, like, what do you think of the CEO? And a lot of times they'll ask, do you think the CEO cares about you? Mm. Why couldn't we apply that same? So going back to your situation with your company, um, I think it's great that you do this handwritten notes. And I think recognizing when no one else is watching, if you're at, if you are two or three tiers below leadership, the, 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 the management of the organization, the ownership of the organization, like we've all been in those situations when someone two or three levels all of a sudden pulls you aside or sends you a note and say, hey, I heard you did a great job, just want to congratulate you. How does that feel? It feels great. It feels great, like, oh wow. Someone who I hold a lot of respect for somehow sees me and notices mm-hmm. me. And especially when it's, um, uh, I, I almost call it uh, 
uninten- it's intentional, but not coincidental. Uh, nothing irks me more, and there's probably some personal stuff here too, but when people <laughs> are like, oh, I've been meaning to give you a call when we're both together at a, at a birthday party. You're like, well, why didn't you give me a call when it wasn't <laughs> happy, like when we, like when it was not circumstantial. Right. Like make it intentional, not like, oh, so, wow. <laughs> But well, you have that happen, don't you? No, it does. No, it, and it's natural. But my point is, it means so much more when, when it's, it's intentionally mm-hmm. done and not yeah. on circumstance. Meaning, maybe there's are the little things, and it's, this is probably dealing with parenting too, uh, with our kids recognizing when they do great things when they haven't even done great things, mm. right? Like I really liked how I, uh, my my three uh, boys that are in school. I asked them there are three things they've got to do: be kind. Try your hardest, and last but not least, always make sure to make good decisions. Now they're always going to make bad. They're they're kids. They're going to make bad decisions. But what I like to do is ask them like, As "How were you?" To kind? Us adults know, exactly. who never we never. never make bad decisions. Well, we have to teach next generation to do way better than us. <laughs> and I think if you're able to recognize, and when I ask them the questions, what I try to do is find out ways. They were kind that they didn't even realize they were being kind. Mm. But with employees, I would love to find out from an employee like something special they did, and this is a way to engage your manager. What is something that's not typically noticed or recognized or tracked that someone did above and beyond? Nice. Make sense? That's a good question. Like uh, so-and-so, her grandmother passed away, and this person recommended we all send flowers as a group. Like there's a way that you could, it's just a human nature. It's yeah. something kind. But as the owner, if you wrote in and said, I really appreciate that you bring a value of passion and family to here and that you recognize that. And I just want to let you That's know it doesn't point. go unnoticed. I like that. That's good. And I think as you build these models, especially for your rank and file, it helps them feel appreciated and helps them feel valued and rewarded. That is the number one feedback that I've gotten and it's you know I, it's not the benefits I don't hear anything about the benefits or I do hear some about the flexible yeah. schedule they do appreciate yeah. that but the number one thing I hear in feedback is that they feel appreciated right. and so when I hear that I'm like okay we're doing something right because I want them to feel appreciated well and then the, the here's the big picture it's not just a matter of also retaining the talent you have how do you also use in the same way that as a way to bring on more talent, bring on more quality talent? You, you had mentioned uh, kind of your vision for your bookkeeping was to go from nine, 10 employees all the way up to 2,000 in 20 years. To do that, you've got to grow, right? And you've uh, got to yeah. bring on great talent. So how do you find a way to do that? And, and I think it's really interesting that when you start looking at ways to recognize and retain the top talent, it coincidentally works with attracting great talent. I would agree with that. But how do you do it in a way, especially today's environment? I want to talk about COVID just for example. Okay. And not COVID specifically. No politics here. <laughs> That's funny that you bring up a disease and then say, we're not talking politics here. No. That's It's become that political. Oh, uh, you know. I, like, <laughs> Lord knows. So... There was a huge chasm, a big disruptor. I think in the way, how many businesses did you know pre-COVID that would say, nope, this is the way we do things. Yep. Oh, I want to work virtually. Like working virtually, working from home was almost an anomaly. Yeah. Like you had to have, like you were 
had some serious medical condition right. or your parent, your mom was on life support right. and you needed to help her for the next six mm-hmm. months. Working from home was like, no, it will never be profitable. Yeah. Uh, and I saw it across a lot of different industries. And then all of a sudden, COVID hits and then everyone's forced to work from home and no one even knows really Zoom. Like, what is Zoom? Right. Like, how to use it? <laughs> like, I did a conference. But then next thing you know, you're like, you've got kids right. that are Zooming classrooms. Right. So just the, the learning knowledge for next generation, like, oh, Zoom, yeah, I used to do that in first grade. Right. <laughs> right? Like, how crazy is that? There are parents learning Zoom the same time their first graders are, no, mom, this is how you go ahead and show the gallery view. <laughs> right? That's funny, yes. But, okay, so you've got COVID, you've got this all of a sudden chasm, and now all of a sudden afterwards, there's this realization of, companies can just be as profitable as they were before, if not Mm -hmm. more. Some industries even more profitable. Yep. There's a better efficiency. There's also not of this large corporate real estate footprint that they normally had. Mm -hmm. Or this also mandate of lost efficiency. I've got friends that had an hour and a half commute, lived in New York. Hour and a half commute to go from Long Island to Westchester. Wow. And that's one way. And then they work for their nine or 10 hours and an hour and a half back. That's three wow. hours of travel time lost. That's crazy. But now that they're working from home, That's they actually got a bigger work day in because they love their jobs, they cared about their jobs, but they were able to start earlier and finish later, but also enjoy work-life balance better. Wow. And I think it was always interesting that geography, a lot of jobs said, well, if you want to interview for this job, you have to relocate. Mm-hmm. Are you, you, you've probably heard executive recruiters. Are you willing to, to relocate? relocate. Yep. I don't even think that's a question anymore. Yeah. Because what companies have realized is I don't need you to relocate. Now, what does that do? That means some of the best talents that, that's out mm-hmm. there are free agents for anyone yep. and everyone. Yep. Because now, and this is also should be considered, you have to retain that talent. Before, you could just realize that if you were in a great area or not a great area, that this great talent, they weren't going anywhere because mm-hmm. they would have to relocate. They're yeah. not willing to do that. Well, now they don't have to. Right. So how are you going to hold on to your best talent when they could apply for a range of jobs mm-hmm. that don't require them to relocate and the companies would be way more glad to bring them on? So I'm in Texas. Two of my best employees are in North Carolina and Colorado. Yep. So, yeah, you're right. There is no longer the geographic And territory. also, you now could bring on new talent from all over. Like, you've, now, you've got the entire nation, and at some point internationally, available to you mm-hmm. to hire, work for you, recognize, and, and reward them. But it, just in the same regard, that North Carolina employee could now be poached from a whole bunch of other folks. Sure. Before, okay. your, your competitors might just have been geographically. What are the other bookkeepers here in the Texas area that we're trying to find other talent? Right. Now you have to worry about geographically. Which, if I'm doing my job right and appreciating them, hopefully I don't have to worry about that. Right. Well, and that's why I think working and trying to find ways that they call it a proverbial carrot or, you know, it's mm-hmm. for those that know... You always see that cartoon with like the guy with a stick over his yeah. head and a carrot hanging over. He's yeah. just always chasing it. It's or golden handcuffs. Like you're handcuffed, but they're gold. So you really like them, but they're gold. I don't think I would even like the gold ones, Benjamin. Uh, well, no. I'd say no. that, but my five year old, we went to a Mardi Gras parade and he is like, You bling- took your five year old to a Mardi Gras parade? Yeah, it's Shreveport family. Mardi okay. Gras parade. Okay. This isn't New Orleans style, <laughs> which my actually my nine year old asked, like, what's New Orleans style? Don't worry about it. <laughs> 
but he's wearing all of these beads but he picked out all the gold beads and that oh, was it funny. and he's like look dad I'm rich I'm like <laughs> you don't realize but it's interesting in his perception so golden handcuffs even though you might not like them some other folks would <laughs> you never know but um, I think there are ways that how do you find things that when you've um, rewarded those folks that you can provide benefits to them that then give in exchange continuity uh, here's an example college football coaches are you okay. familiar with college football coach contracts? No, not even a little okay. bit. Would you say high, very qualified, excellent college football coaches are probably a limited supply? I would say so. Right? So there's high demand. Yes. Limited supply. Yes. Uh, one of the things that has recently hit a lot of headlines is the unique ways that athletic departments are rewarding these college coaches in a way that keeps them at that university so they don't leave. Okay. And that's the real question is, can you leverage solutions that other folks are using? So give examples. Yeah, I, what I, are they doing? Absolutely. So Harbaugh, uh, Dabo Sweeney, Ed Orgeron, uh, uh, Penn State's James, uh, James Franklin, they all have these contracts that actually have this unique compensation package that the, the university lends them money to provide this long-term benefit, typically they're called split dollar plans. And what when they're lending the money, it's for the college coach to use in the future for their retirement, for their kids, for their next business that they want to do. And it's providing a rewarding benefit for them, but that the university has in essence because they're lending them the money hmm. is if you leave, we don't keep funding this. We don't keep lending you the money for these these types of solutions. So the the unique part is how do you come up? And there's another example of uh, here's another story. Uh, working with this one business, uh, he had this great CFO, critical. You you would agree the key mm -hmm. person of a, a business, a CFO, yes. CEO, and the CFO. Uh, I will name nameless, but the CFO realized he was one of the best. And the CFO had two teenagers, a ten year old, well preteen we'll say, and a twelve year old, and the CFO realized that he could command top dollar on the marketplace. So the challenge for the business owner was, how do I continue to pay the market rate for the CFO and when the market rate's only continuing to grow? Mm. I could give him a bonus, a cash bonus at the end of the year, but there's no way to retain that because he just goes, thanks for the cash bonus. And usually here's a question, when you give a bonus, is it recognition of what you've done in the year past or commitment for the next year. Mm, past. It's usually past. So there's no, like, it's, you worked all hard for me this past year, we had a lot of success, I'm gonna give you this bonus. There's no retention with that. You could give them a higher salary, but if you give them a higher salary, then what happens? You can get outbid by another employer, mm -hmm. right? So what this employer realized was with the CFO, he had two kids eventually going to college. And he actually entered into an agreement with the uh, employee that said, the CFO that said, hey, if you work for me for another five years, because he just said, I, realistically, I don't know if I'll be able to keep you forever, but if you work for me for another five years, I'll provide $100,000 for your children for college. Wow. Talk about a pretty good incentive, right? It relieved the CFO a little bit of the pressures of having to all of a sudden save the money and, and come up with it. And it's really not the most impactful in the first year. It sounds great. There's a honeymoon effect. Wow, I got this really cool incentive. 
The real question was three years from now. Hmm. If three years from now someone else comes along and goes, why are you working here? I'll offer you 20000 more I was going to say whatever. someone else could offer the same thing, right? Well, you could, but a lot of times these are very unique types of solutions that it's not a cookie cutter. You kind of mentioned everybody knows about the health insurance or this other stuff, but are there unique solutions that you can put in place that aren't as commonplace in the marketplace that the next person comes up and goes, well, uh, if I stay here for three, two more, he's in year three, if I stay here for two more years, I've got 100000 coming for my kids for college. What do you have for me? Well, well that's not how we work things. Well, we, did we show you our 401k profit sharing plan? <laughs> right? This is some silly stuff. So I think really finding unique ways to reward your talent, but in ways that helps retain them. If you don't have someone who helps you build those type of solutions, you should find someone. That's good. I like it. So if somebody needed to get any advice or any solutions that you have to offer, where can they find you? Yeah, no, great. Uh, if you are looking to find me, the best place is on LinkedIn. Uh, Benjamin Gerald, G-E-R-A-L-D. You can find me on there with Audible FG. Uh, we love to introduce ourselves, work with both businesses and, and individuals with uh, questions about these types of areas and see what ways we can help them. Uh, out of the box thinkers, that's what you want. Someone who yes. doesn't just cookie cut, oh, well, this is what we always do. Yeah. You want someone who actually learns, talks your language, learns how they can really help you with your specific situation and come up with a unique way to think of your end game. I like it. Thank you for joining me again. No, thanks for I, having me. It's It's been a pleasure having you on the show. Well, hopefully this won't be the last time. I, I agree. <laughs> it should not be the last time. And I'm Lindsay Klein with Sakline, honest, accurate bookkeeping performed on time and your host of By the Books. Thanks for joining us, everyone. Until next time, have a great week. By the Books is presented by Sakline, honest, accurate bookkeeping performed on time. For more information on Sakline services or to get a hold of Lindsay, visit sakline.com or email info at sakline.com. The information provided on this website and podcast does not and is not intended to constitute legal advice. Instead, all information, content, and materials available are for general information purposes only. Information provided by Sakline may not constitute the most up-to-date legal or other information. Listeners should contact their attorney to obtain advice with respect to any particular legal matter and should refrain from acting on the basis of this information without first seeking legal advice from counsel in the relevant jurisdiction. Only your individual attorney can provide assurances that the information contained herein and your interpretation of it is applicable or appropriate to your particular situation.